truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. We've got Todd and Aaron along for the ride as well. We're going to open up the phone lines here in this very first hour. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. And we're going to tell you the topic is impeachment. We'll tell you a little bit more about why we want to discuss this, though, coming up in just a few moments. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com. That's one way to reach us there. Just email the program. Last name is D-E-A-C-E. You can also try Facebook, but it's a little spotty these days. Uh, Or you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And for those of you that are listening to us today via podcast or Blaze Radio, particularly on the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, we would be very grateful and appreciate the thousands of you that have done this for the program already. Coming up here in the next hour, we're going to finish our study of my most recent book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. And we drop a lot of truth bombs here on this show, and that's one of the reasons why we are partnering with our friends at Swiss America. They're all about dropping truth bombs, particularly where your freedom and your prosperity, uh, where those two things intersect. And they're very concerned about the way government is using its fiat currency banking system. What do we mean by fiat? Meaning it's not tied to any tangible asset. It's literally money that's just printed. And a lot of the market forces are really determined by uh, the amount of leverage, particularly the size of your military (laughs) that you can exert uh, on the rest of the globe. All right. That's what we mean by a fiat currency. For example, are you aware that banks must now spy on you for the government? Uh, For example, they have to report to the IRS any behavior they deem as, quote, unusual. What would be the purpose of that? Um, That's why you want to get this new special report from our friends at Swiss America. It's called The Secret War, and it explains why the government wants every financial transaction to be taxable, trackable, and blockable. Why? Because that's about control and power. And that's really the two things progressivism is about more than anything else. Power and control. This report is yours for free. If you give Swiss America a call at 800-289-2646, that's 1-800-289-2646, or to make it just even easier, just go to their website, SwissAmerica.com. That's SwissAmerica.com. And now here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a weekend of reactions. We'll start with President Donald Trump's reaction to the Alabama abortion ban. As most people know, and for those who would like to know, I'm strongly pro-life with three exceptions, rape, incest, and protecting the life of the mother, the same position taken by Ronald Reagan. Nope. Democrat presidential candidates, however, were all kinds of nope. Are you at all concerned, though, about this idea that people may try to uh, worry about the sex of a child or, or essentially look at that. Are those type of restrictions on abortion uh, something you're open to? Well, that's not a, I wouldn't use it a restriction on that. That's an issue that society has got to deal with, and it is of concern. How would you deal with that in the law? 
I don't know how at this particular point I would deal with it, but that is an issue that we really have got to deal with. What limits would you put on abortion? These are decisions that should not be made by legislators. I mean, we've 1973, Roe versus Wade is still the law of the land, and as opposed to attacking it, we should actually be promoting it. And we should be both codifying the opportunities under Roe versus Wade, and at a state level, I haven't allowed those any restrictions. Do you believe at any point in pregnancy, whether it's at six weeks or eight weeks or 24 weeks or whenever, that there should be any limit on a woman's right to have an abortion? You know, I think the, the dialogue has got so caught up on where you draw the line that we've gotten away from the fundamental question of who gets to draw the line. And I trust women. The 30 states that are trying to unwind uh, abortion rights are trying to get rid of Roe v. Wade. It's, it's nothing more complex than that. And they do not believe that women should have the right to make the most intimate, personal life and death decisions. For voters across America and for individuals, of course you can have your personal views on any issue. There's nothing wrong uh, with having uh, a religious perspective on this issue. But what I do not accept is any Democratic leader or candidate to not believe in full civil rights and human rights for women. In other news, the Democrat governor of Louisiana is poised to sign yet another bill which restricts abortions. John Bell Edwards says he'll sign the Louisiana version of these laws which would ban abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected. The comedian formerly known as Jim Carrey and now known as Batcrap Insane has been doing quote-unquote art for quite some time now. His latest work actually accurately depicts an abortion. He says, I think if you're going to terminate a pregnancy, it should be done sometime before the fetus becomes the governor of Alabama. Millennials have been fleeing New York for creative hubs in the South where housing is cheap and there are plenty of good cafes and yoga studios. Then there came the new abortion laws. Moving on, Congressman Justin Amash read the Mueller report in its entirety, and here are his takeaways. Attorney General Barr has deliberately misrepresented Mueller's report. President Trump has engaged in impeachable conduct. Partisanship, da, 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 da. To which Trump responded, Never a fan of Justin Amash, a total lightweight who opposes me and some of our great Republican ideas, da, 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 da. Y'all need Jesus. Washington Representative Premier Jay Paul really gets to the heart of what it means to be a progressive. You can't say you're a Democrat if you're against immigrants, if you're against abortion, if you're against gay marriage and LGBTQ rights. I'm not sure what it means to be a Democrat if, if all of those things are true. If Iran wants to fight, that will be the official end of Iran. Never threaten the United States again. Conservative political commentator Candace Owens had her Facebook page, along with her one million followers, temporarily suspended this weekend by Facebook for saying white supremacy is not a threat. And a report from Breitbart claims a Facebook source is telling them that company keeps a list of quote-unquote hate agents to review for termination along with a separate category marked extra credit. I have no idea if that's true, but if it is, it's like Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter is running the show over at Facebook. Because you know, deep down, you deserve to be punished. The House of Representatives passed the so-called Equality Act with eight Republicans voting in favor of the bill, which essentially, let's just be honest, does away with any form of religious liberty. The Australian elections were this weekend, and voters in that country rejected a slate of candidates running on global warming alarmism, higher taxes, and unchecked immigration. 
Headline from The Nation, want to dismantle capitalism? Abolish the family. And finally, a depiction of Twitter in real life. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust. This is a company, Glenn Beck, and some of his associates started a few years ago, tired of real estate agents who talked a good game, but then didn't deliver the results they promised uh, be when the time came for the uh, results to take place. And that's why they're like, you know what? We need to come up with a referral service that actually, instead of trying to find clients for agents, tries to find agents worthy of having good people as their client. And that's where Real Estate Agents I Trust comes in. Uh, they look at uh, three characteristics in vetting the agents that get listed uh, in uh, in their network. Number one, someone who has a track record of successfully navigating the complicated real estate process. Number two, someone who understands data works, but you got to make sure you don't spare the details as well. Algorithms only go so far. There are outliers. And so you got to look at a particular house in your neighborhood. Is there a reason why it's so far below or above what you believe the market value is of, you, of your home? And does that have anything to do with where you need to price your home at or where you should be uh, pricing other homes in that neighborhood if you're on the buying side of things? And then finally, is it just somebody you like and get along with? Because this is a very relational process and it's going to go a lot smoother and it's already very stressful. It'll be much smoother if it's somebody that is professional, uh, easy to get along with. If you're looking for an agent that checks all three of those boxes, here's all you need to do. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. We're going to get to uh, Trump's comments on uh, the abortion laws coming up in uh, overtime today after the show. And it, it's funny, just the text messages I got from friends and activists of mine around the country. <laughs> Complete ink plots. I mean, they're just ink plots. Um, it, it's it's fascinating just to see the uh, the reaction people have had, and then it's been fascinating to see the lack of reaction I have seen in political social media on the right. There's there's largely been either just. We don't even acknowledge he made the comments. And then the few people who I think are credible that have acknowledged him, like Live Action, American Family Association, have been critical. And I, I actually think those are both good signs, but we'll, we'll discuss that uh, a little bit later on because I, I really don't care particularly what Trump's position on the Alabama abortion law is. He is... This is this is a this is a battle that's been being waged before he ever came down an escalator. So I think you kind of have to see beyond him, but uh, we we'll discuss that today in the post show show called Overtime for our subscribers. If you stick around for that when we're done here, uh <clears throat> pardon me, when we're done here in a couple of hours. So I want to spend though this amount of time discussing the topic that Aaron totally and summarily dismissed in his montage. All right? And Given the amount, the volume of comments that this has received on my Facebook page, clearly I'm not alone in, in thinking this is a worthwhile conversation to have. So a, a couple of things, a couple of disclaimers. One, 
Uh, I elected not to read the entire Mueller report. Um, and I prayed about it and I feel real good about where I'm at right now with that, with that decision. And I'm somebody who read like all of the court filings in, during the investigation, all of the indictments, all of the sentencings. Uh, we read both the Schiff and, and Nunez memo on this show a year ago, uh, you know, in real time when they came out. But when we got through the weekend and I finally had time on a Monday to sit down and read it and I watched everybody's reactions on the weekend. And then I saw everybody essentially just decided it said what they wanted it to say one way or the other. I just made the decision. I got other things to do with my life. And, and I'm kind of, I'm not, pers Justin Amash's weakest argument of them all, in my view, is that Attorney General Barr clearly misrepresented Robert Mueller's report. And here's why. And I can say that without having read it. Here's why. It's the same argument just from the other side of the street that I have on this entire, was the president spied on and everything else. The president of the United States could just simply declassify all of those FISA warrants and all of those FISA applications where the investigative agent or agency puts in writing what is the prima facie evidence for why they are requesting this. We have, we have, we have talked about that now. It has been, how long has this story gone on? Too long. Too long. So before we knew what a Robert Mueller was or anything else, when this story first emerged, because here's the thing with me. I like, I, I like to know answers. I, I don't enjoy speculation. I enjoy getting answers. Idle speculation to me is, are, is a waste of time. It's an intellectual self-pleasuring circle. It does nothing. It, it makes for great content. You know, audiences seem to click on it a lot. But for me, I, I, I don't care. I'm, you know... This is where my Christian worldview comes into play. I, I like to know what the end of the story is. You know, I, I, need, I, you know, I need to know what the purpose of the story was. Not did we all just sit around um, and circle the drain, uh, you know, since we walked out of caves. Not uh, in the end, Bob Newhart had a dream. Um, in the end, you know, um, you walked in and Bobby Ewing's taking a shower. And it's like the previous season never happened. That does nothing for me. I, I need to know the answer. Because, you know, to me, the, a president of the United States being spied upon by the opposition party's presidential administration weaponizing its branch to do so. That's not just something to throw chum out in the water over. That's not just something to own the libs. To me, that's either, either a lot of people go to prison or don't waste my time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's a serious a serious dereliction of duty, a violation of the social compact, abuse of power. I mean, that, that's anathema to the American system that as a conservative, I'm trying to conserve. So to me, it's either um, hashtag prison or hashtag, you know, I don't care. There's no in between. No, well, it's kind of, no, no, no. Now, in between fills a lot of podcasts and blogs and you guys like listening and clicking to all that stuff, you know, but you know, the reason I love speculation about the next Star Wars movie or the next Avengers film, you know why I like speculation about that? What was the key word in all of those things? Did you guys know what the key word was? Did you catch it? Next. The word next denotes what? It's 
Coming in the future. That, that the answer is coming. Yes. That the answer is forthcoming. We sit around and debated Return of the Jedi for like three weeks in 1983. And then like we didn't debate it for six months after that because there was not another Star Wars movie coming. And so those were the answers we had until we all unfortunately found out what a Jar Jar Binks was 16 years later. All right. So I'm into debating things that will give us answers. Christianity is not a Gnostic faith. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Okay? So I'm into answers. You know, I used to be into conspiracy theories and the occult. I read everything on the Kennedy assassination and all that other stuff. You know, I gave a lot of that up when I became a believer. Why? Well, I still don't believe, looking at all the evidence, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. And in fact, the official U.S. government proclamation in the Special Committee on Assassinations in 1979 was that he didn't. They just never said who else he acted with. They just said he didn't act alone. In the end, if there's no answers, my spirit is driven to things that are definitively defined, not the ethereal. I'm not, reason is not my enemy. Reason is the enemy of the enemy. He loves idle speculations. Did God really say? Are we sure? Really, is that what went down? Is that a chick? Is that a dude? Depends on what the definition of the word is, is. That's the enemy's territory. I like definitives. Give me definitives. And even if they suck and they're not the answers I want, I'd rather have the answers I don't want than no answers at all. No answers at all really blows. So the reason we never got into the weeds of this story is because what tools would we have to get into the weeds other than the guy that was allegedly spied upon has all the power to declassify and expose everybody that spied on him? Is there anything you two can think of more potent than that weaponry? No. Not really. So then other than killing airtime, what would be the point of having those conversations here? And that's exactly how I feel about claims that Attorney General Barr violated the integrity of Robert Mueller's report. With all due respect to Justin Amash, and I say the same thing to him that I say to everybody on the left that made these claims and other people on the right who made these claims. I don't know why I'm supposed to care more about Trump being spied on than he does, right? I mean, Todd, if you were president of the United States and, and there was enough prima facie evidence that something nefarious went down, from your political enemies, and you had the power to completely and totally, out in the open, expose them and have their names dragged through the mud and watch their contemporaries go to prison, what would you do for two years? I'd probably do something other than nothing. Probably, would, you, would you tweet? Uh, I would definitely, well, I might tweet, but it wouldn't be the only thing I did. Do you think maybe if he would, would take you an hour, over under, three hours before you were like, ah, uh, hell no. Oh. You didn't need to raise it to three. Okay. Because I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to be tweeting. Hey guys, I'm declassifying all these things and here are the fiends and we hang people for treason in America. See at noon. That, that, that's, yeah, those would be my tweets. Right. It'd be Brett, Brett Kavanaugh. I liked beer. I still like beer, but I didn't do any of this. Yes. That's what we'd be doing. Right. Now I know it won't make me, I know, I know it won't make some of my friends conservative media stars. To just make whole careers out of speculating and dot connecting with things we have no ability to speculate upon or connect dots to. Because we don't know. How would we know? How would we know if we actually declassified all of those materials? 
Similarly, I just don't believe, I'm sorry, but I'm not. I don't believe any of you really care about the integrity of Bob Mueller's report more than he does. Today is May 20th. It has been nearly two months, two months since Bob Mueller submitted his report to the Attorney General, who then released it publicly, a four-page summary. What kind, what kind of a special counsel, what kind of a prosecutor sits by for two months while his two-year effort, and it's likely the final chapter on what's otherwise been a fairly noteworthy and respectable, commendable career. This is his final lap around the track, though. Okay? This is his parting shot, way he's going out, way he's going to be remembered. And he sits around for two months. While the, while the entire executive branch and Republicans in Congress bastardize his report, take it out of context. I don't buy that. Do you buy that? I do not. I don't buy it. You know what would be really easy? What would, what would actually probably meet your criteria here, Steve, is if Amash actually gave maybe a citation from, from yes, yes, from the, the report that took two years to compile that supports his claims that Bill Barr is deliberately lying and misrepresenting the the report. That wouldn't that wouldn't that be okay? It would be okay. I'm all you know. Disclosure: the truth's your friend. You know when Christy Blasey Ford, Blasey, whatever her name is, brought her uh, allegations, whatever those were, on this show, we were like, let's have a hearing, bring it out in the open. I'm just telling you right now, if that hearing had not happened and they just allowed this to be idle speculation, Brett Kavanaugh wouldn't be on the U.S. Supreme Court today. Now, we might have gotten a better Supreme Court justice out <laughs> of the process. All right, but we've also would have incentivized them to just continue making rambling idle speculations of fantastical nothingness in order to get their way. That was a terrible precedent to set going forward. Similarly, you know what? Somebody just subpoenaed Bob Mueller to testify to Congress and let's have a conversation. You tell you what, I will get into the weeds of the president being spied on. I think it's more than fair. We'll get into the weeds of it. Just like we got into the weeds of the Nunez memo and the Schiff memo. When people present us things, we've actually gotten into the weeds of it. I'll get into the weeds, but I, I can't speculate on something where I have no ability to acquire the facts outside of agencies we rely on to give them to us. So I think this is a fair trade. We'll get into the weeds of who spied on the president when the president declassifies all of the information that would expose the fiends. And in return, we will believe Bill Barr bastardized his longtime friend, longtime friend and associate, Robert Mueller. Two people that have known each other since before there was ever a conservative media. I'll believe that when under oath testifying in the United States Congress or via some form of a public statement that he puts his name on or says into a camera, Robert Mueller makes that accusation and explains why. Until then, what, do, do you, do you, does anybody know what the point of this is? Other than just to provide content for cable news networks. Do we have any other point to this? Well, and God forbid we talk about the issues in general, of which we've already covered in the past before. I mean, I the bar, when the bar on this whole thing was set at collusion with Russians, and you, you don't get that. 
I, I, your smoking gun better be smoking if you're going to come out like this. Because of, do I believe a guy like Donald Trump or quite frankly, any politician for that matter, right or left, if the, if the crime uh, you are accused of is so grotesque, might play some dirty pool on the way to exonerating yourself? Yeah, okay. I, this, no one has given a free ride on this show to Donald Trump ever, ever, which is why we've lamented uh, many times before uh, our ability to lose friends. But come on, people. You, the, 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 where is the smoking gun on this? It better be there. Otherwise, you're wasting our time and you're being incredibly politically lazy. So here's a question I posed on my Facebook page this morning along those lines. I, I, so I'm not going to get into his specific allegations. I actually have a lot of respect for Justin Amash, the congressman. We've been complimentary to him in the past. I've disagreed with him on several things. But I like his willingness to be a contrarian. I like his willingness to be transparent. All right, so this isn't personal to me. I, I don't need to agree with somebody all the time to respect them. You know, I'm, I'm finding, however, though, that favor is often not returned. <laughs> Um, and I want to, I want to lash out and then I'm convicted by that whole love your neighbors, you love yourself thing. So I just bite my tongue literally like this and, uh, move on. But, but I think there's a larger question about the reaction to him. Because one of the things we've talked on our show about before is how a movement handles its contrarians historically says a lot about its current credibility and as well as its future trajectory. I think every movement needs a doubting Thomas. Everyone. Every movement needs somebody in the corner asking the questions you guys think you've already answered and you don't want to have to answer again or you haven't answered yet and you don't want to have to answer because they're painful and uncomfortable. Every movement needs that. to check in the spirit. It's one of the key aspects of not devolving into a cult is can you tolerate your, somebody making your doubting Thomas questions? Are you really sure you sure that's the way we should go? So I want to open up the phone lines here today. Uh, we're going to do this when we come back. And we're going to ask you what you think of Congressman Justin Amash, who has a 90% liberty score, by the way. That's his voting record in Congress. Devin Nunez, whom most of you all love, he's like 28%. That's bad, by the way. That's really bad. He, he votes with Nancy Pelosi a lot more often than you. Justin Amash, Justin Amash though, votes with you a lot more often than Nancy Pelosi. So he is saying, after reading the full Mueller report, he believes President Trump has committed what he calls impeachable offenses. So I'm going to give you four choices when we come back at 888-900-3393. What's your reaction to Mr. Amash? Banishment is A. Knighthood is B. You don't care is C. And you're kind of where Todd and Aaron are. Put your money where your mouth is. D. Like, where are your citations? You know, let's, you know, call Mr. Sub tell your committee to subpoena Mr. Mueller. Let's hear it out. Where are you at with this? 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Try to look beyond your particular view of Donald Trump at this particular time, which I know will be very difficult. But look at the larger picture. Now, toleration doesn't mean agreement, by the way. When your contrarians are wrong, it's perfectly fine to look at them and say, Jane, you ignorant slut. That's totally fine. As long as you entertain their notions before you did that. And the minute someone said something that didn't you know, line up with what everybody else is doing in, in, their, in their king of wishful thinking, 
you didn't immediately pounce and destroy that person because they might have had a view and a perspective that doesn't tell you the sun comes up tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. 888-933-93. In the meantime, if you are struggling with productivity and energy as you hit that mid-afternoon finish line, instead of putting a bunch of chemicals in your body, try this all-natural energy supplement from our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. It's called From Dawn to Dusk. Provides clean energy, focus, and improved mood for up to 10 hours with no jitters, no afternoon crash, and get this, no calories and no sugar, all right? You have to give this a shot. Here's how. Visit BrickHouseSteve.com so you can get a bottle of this groundbreaking formula. It's called From Dawn to Dusk, all right? And when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com, if you use promo code Steve, uh, when you check out, you'll get 15% off of your first order. So don't put any more little bottles with 75 chemicals in them in your body. Do it the way nature and your creator intended with Brickhouse Nutrition's From Dawn to Dusk. BrickHouseSteve.com. Promo code Steve at checkout for 15% off your first order at BrickHouseSteve.com. All right, here it is. When we come back, 888-900. This has gotten 200 comments on my Facebook wall in just about two hours, which you know for my Facebook wall, that's massive. That's massive because Facebook has basically shadow banned us. 888-900-3393. I want to gauge your reaction to Justin Amash, congressman from Michigan, dropping the impeachment bomb on the president over the weekend. Stay tuned. Do you have itchy ears, ear pain, or that plugged up feeling? Maybe you're constantly asking people to repeat themselves. If any of these problems sound familiar to you, you could be like millions of Americans who are going to be forced to go to the doctor for a professional ear cleaning after, of course, they put it off for several weeks and months until the pain and the discomfort just can't be tolerated anymore. But what if I told you there was a solution that you could take care of in the comfort and convenience of your own home and without a prescription as well? So all the hassle is now removed. It's called WaxRx, uses physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with a pH condition formula. And you may be like, hey, Steve, that's what they do when I have to go to the doctor's office. Exactly. But now you don't. You can do the same thing right there at your home. You can try WaxRx, WaxRx risk-free today. Just go to usewaxrx.com, all one word, usewaxrx then the dot com uh, and use the offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Use waxrx.com offer code radio at checkout for free shipping when you do. All right. So here's the conversation I want to have with you today. How do you view Justin Amash? Because social media is blowing up over this. Um, we've had uh, upwards of 200 comments on my Facebook page in just a couple of hours when I posed this exact same question uh, to them. And we'll look at some of those uh, responses. I know you and you, you're kind of been overlooking those, Todd, yes. and kind of give us a yes. summation here in a little bit. All right. Um, you can, uh, we're going to take a look at that as well. But, but your reaction to Justin Amash, 90% Liberty score at Conservative Review. And I've disagreed with him on a few occasions before. Um, you know, but, uh, I think he would describe himself as more of a very principled libertarian. Uh, he represents the district I grew up in. I mean, he rep- represents West Michigan, Grand Rapids area. I grew up in that area uh, as a teenager. 
So I know that uh, I know those neighborhoods really well, and they're they're much more Christian conservative than libertarian. So he's always been a bit of an odd fit uh, for that uh, district, but he's done it in the way he serves his constituents. He's pretty open. He has a lot of uh, constituent engagement. And then, of course, now we're into the era of Trump. And so everything is now defined by whether you're uh, Cheeto Jesus saves or Orange Man bad. I don't, you know, my view of Amash is he tends to, I wouldn't say he is strictly in this camp, but he definitely tends to tilt more to orange man bad on a reg. Wouldn't you say, do you think that's fair? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's worthy of discussion. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I think all those things are worthy of throwing in to the conversation as you consider your answer. This is why we give our relationships and our biases on this show all the time. Cause you could, you should, you could, you should consider the baggage that we bring to the table when, you know, we give you our take of things as well. You know, we don't, we don't believe that there's an objective human being. Of the 8 billion or so on earth, we don't believe any of them are objective because they're humans. So it's best just to let our biases be known and then other adults can make adult-oriented decisions about after they factor those biases in, whether they agree or whether they disagree. So Justin Amash says after he's read the full unredacted Mueller report, here's what he says. Attorney General Barr has deliberately misrepresented Mueller's report. I, that one I don't care about. I don't buy that. Because I don't buy Justin Amash cares about Bob Mueller's work more than he does. Bingo. Okay. I just don't. And I, I don't believe, I don't believe some MSNBC host does. I don't believe anybody does. When Bob Mueller comes forward to make that allegation, I will care. And the show will care. Until then, we don't. But we, I do want to look at the rest of the things that he says. Can I right? add one yep. more thing about that? Why this? He's not some newbie. He's not a neophyte. Why does Bob Barr, get back in this game. Knowing Bill, Barr. He's, Bill, Bill Barr. Bill Barr, excuse me. To get back in this game, knowing this is on his plate, it's unavoidable, and go out of his way to sully decades upon decades of work by lying about this. Yeah, see, that's where I think you need to know who these associations are and, and the camps they come out of. Bill Barr and Robert Mueller have known each other since before, many, many years before anybody thought we knew what a Justin Amash was and when Donald Trump was writing right. checks to Al Sharpton. Right. They are all out of, you know, Mueller was appointed a U.S. attorney by Reagan, uh, you know, but uh, they come out of the more, you know, Bush establishment type of Republican circles. Both of them do. They both came through a lot of the same political circles. Bill Barr has no reason to come out of retirement. He has no reason, no incentive whatsoever. He's not Cohen or... No, no to serve... The political to serve in an administration that the people that brought him up through the ranks largely detest and loathe. Yeah. All right. Because they view Trump as the reason why the other son didn't get to become president of the United States, that he destroyed his presidency. So he's already crossing an ideological picket line to serve in this administration to begin with. He has known Bob Mueller for decades. I just I, all I don't believe this now. If Bob Mueller makes an accusation that's credible, you might change my mind. But no one other than Bob Mueller himself can change my mind on this. I just don't believe you all, any of you all making this claim, care more about the integrity of Bob Mueller's report than he does. I just don't. And if you do, then Bob Mueller is everything that all his detractors said he was this entire time. Okay? But I want to look at the rest of, of, of Amash's points here and give you a chance to respond to these. President Trump is engaged in impeachable conduct. Doesn't really say what those are. Okay. Well, he admits later that it that it's very malleable. I think that, and, 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 and by the way, impeachment is malleable. Yes. Everything is impeachable and nothing is. Why? Our founder and don't don't buy the founders didn't know what they meant. 
I, that's why I love it when we got it. That's like, that's constitutional Gnosticism. The, father, the founders wanted a natural-born citizen, and, and yet somehow they didn't cite this, uh, this one book from the 17th century called Laws of Nations or whatever it's called. Okay, they didn't put that in the footnotes for you. You're right. They sat around. They specifically enumerated 18 powers for the federal government. All right? They meticulously debated and voted on every word of the Constitution. And then they just had no idea what they were saying when they made impeachment malleable. They made it malleable on purpose because it's a political office because we are not a nation of laws. We're a nation of political will. And so impeachment is a matter of political will. There are some things we would all agree are impeachable. And then there are things that we would look at with a sliding scale based on, do we have the political will in order to engage those things? I mean, hell, I happen to think uh, I, I happen to think bowing uh, bowing to uh, to uh, to uh, Muslim dictators is an impeachable offense. I'd impeach a president for that. I'd impeach presidents for endless wars. I mean, our founding fathers would probably even many of them would have voted to impeach the last three presidents for drone strikes in foreign lands. I mean, this this is this is an unintentionally defined process, unintentionally. All right, so. It's not really a, a principled statement to say something is impeachable or something is not because we're dealing with something that is malleable. That's why. That's why there weren't any specific, they set it up as a court. The House operates as basically a grand jury. That's where an indictment comes from. And then it goes to the Senate where there's an actual trial. But there aren't any rules of evidence. There aren't any automatic disqualifiers. If a president does this, he's automatically gone. None of that's in there. They intended for this to be a process that was politically malleable so that the people would have a say over the removal of their leaders, not warring clans within an elitist government. That's not what they wanted. All right, so we have that. So, so he says he's committed impeachable acts, but it's really hard to define what those are. All right, partisanship has eroded our system of checks and balances. I think we, I don't know a person that works at the blaze, regardless of their perspective on Trump, that doesn't agree with that statement, do you? No. No. Number four, a few members of Congress have read the report. Probably that's probably true too, right? Okay. So I don't really know what his point is. Exactly. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what his point is. This is where you come in, in the audience. 888-900-3393. How do you deal? I got my call screener here, my cell phone, because we have a very sophisticated process here, Blaze TV. All right. How do you handle Justin Amash? And, and how do you handle him as a contrarian? All right, so this is his latest hot take. Uh, is, he, is he knighted for bravery? Is he banished for treachery? Are you like, you know what? I, I don't really care. Most of them are corrupt. And until this guy's corruption gets in the way of me living my life, not my problem. Or are you um, in the D camp, which is, hey, prove it. Let's bring Bob Mueller up, put him under oath, and let's have him testify to Congress. So, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Let's go to Indiana to start. Derek, welcome to Blaze to the Blaze, brother. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, actually, I, I when I called in, I just let the the screener know that I'm actually personally stuck between C and D uh, in your choices because D. I, I really want to know if he's got something. He sees something that none of the rest of us know. Then I want to see it, and he's very vague in yes. what his description is. So yes, I do want to see it personally. My actual answer is going to be C. I don't think any of this is going to matter because all it's going to serve in our current environment is it's going to make the left really, really happy. 
because uh, they've got a Republican that they can say, see, 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 this guy's on your on our side. It's going to make the 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 extreme right, the Cheeto Jesus folks, say he's terrible. Doesn't matter because we're just going to respond that way. But for the folks that are really thinking about this, I don't know if it really makes a whole lot of difference because it is a political process. It's it's something that there is no black and white on this, and he definitely hasn't given us any black and white. So I mean, mm-hmm. kind of fake fake newsish almost. Yeah, knowing how, I mean, this is a guy that has released, you know, white papers on his individual voting decisions on controversial issues. I, 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 why didn't he release to us his specific reasonings for impeachable offenses and lay it out all for us in great detail as to why this rises to the levels and ranks of impeachment? You know, that's, that's kind of not like him to play fast and loose right. like that and to ready, fire, aim. That's just not typically how Mr. Amash rolls. My first reaction to this, to the very email we showed, is it was that this was very John Kasich-esque in, in the presidency. And I mocked him as his dad, also a mailman. But it go, it speaks to what you're saying. I, it's nothing against him personally, but I looked at this and it's like, good grief, after all of this, I... I you you have got you can't play all of us for fools by just throwing this out there. This is the stuff that the lowest level politicians do on a daily basis just to get riled up. I mean, this is I, I, I want to know if, where if, Justin Amash is on this. Quite if, frankly, if, if obstruction of justice politically is now defined by you using the full power of the presidency, the platform of the presidency, to defend yourself yes. against allegations, we are essentially saying then that no president under any circumstance can defend himself really against any form of allegations because that could be construed. Him using the platform of the presidency, since the Department of Justice, all that's under the executive branch, him saying anything to defend himself politically at all while his while his opponents take shot after shot after shot against him is an act of obstruction of justice. I don't believe for a second that's what the founding fathers intended. And that's why they didn't that's why they didn't articulate that. That's exactly why they didn't articulate these things. They didn't just forget that day. They left it. They left this malleable on purpose. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Matthew in Oklahoma. Matthew, welcome to the Blaze, brother. What do you think? Thank you uh, for taking my call. I my thoughts on this is that I, I love Justin Amash. He's one of my one of the representatives I always look at and how he votes and how he does things. And because of his freedom, you know, liberty score, um, I look at that heavily as well. But I am a little concerned about his decision-making on this one and not giving us full details like you talk about white papers one of the things that he's done and i and i wish he'd done that and i think that he needs to come out and explain this more of what he's seen but but i also Mm -hmm. know that this the impeachment process is to hold the other branches in check the judicial and executive and i think that's something that we lack a lot of um and and sometimes it needs to be a, a, a hand slap or actually removal, um, or something to that, that measure, I, I don't know that this goes to that level, obviously, of, of removing, but I do think there may be some things that maybe Trump did that may be not right. Um, I am concerned why Trump hadn't just come out with all the the, the FISA warrants and exposed mm-hmm. those if, if there's something there. Um, that, that also leads to there's something... I don't know. Just I was I was much more I was Matthew, Ma- 
Matthew, pardon me. I, I was also concerned about that. We've talked about on that in the show in the past year. Why wouldn't he release that information, disclose it? Is it because there may be some things in there that could otherwise be problematic or troublesome? Here's why I'm not concerned about that anymore. If they were, if there were materials in those applications that were problematic and troublesome for Trump, after subpoena, all the subpoenas, Deutsche Bank, all the indictments, everything else, you, don't you believe Robert Mueller would have put what was why if he could have if he could have exonerated the Department of Justice where he spent his entire professional career, if he could have exonerated them with absolute subpoena power, if he could have exonerated them for what's being alleged they did to the Trump presidential campaign, don't you believe he would have put that information in his report? And that's all we'd be talking about for the last month. Don't you believe that? Correct. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree with you. One hundred percent on that. Um, I, actually, I, I am not this this deal with the Justin Moss. I'm not as too concerned about. I do think that he needs to explain his reasoning, and I think that'll come out. Um, I, I think the people that are trying to throw him under the bus and let's get rid of him now—that's not the case. Justin Moss is a lot more than that. This is just one of those rarity things. You know, everybody has them. <laughs> you know, and it may not have been the perfect moment. Who knows? Uh, but he, he definitely right. needs to explain it. Great phone call. Uh, we appreciate it, Matthew. Thank you very much. Millions of Americans are living daily with pain, chronic pain, and they've kind of come to the conclusion a lot of us have. We just are going to have to live this way, but that may not be true anymore. There's a fantastic product many of us here at The Blaze have had great results with called Relief Factor. It is created by doctors, but it's 100% drug-free. This is a team of physicians that were looking for a natural means to fight back against inflammation in the body. That's what's causing chronic pain. All right, This isn't to heal injuries. Okay, if you have an injury, it needs to be treated, all right? But this is to get rid of inflammation or to subside the inflammation in the body that's causing that chronic pain. And that's what many of us are suffering from uh, in America today. Four key natural ingredients that help your body win that fight against inflammation. And now you can get a three-week starter pack for just a dollar a day. That's 20 bucks to get started for three weeks. They offer this because so many people that try it for three weeks get see the results that I saw when I tried it for three weeks and end up wanting to stay on the product on a regular basis. So relieffactor.com, that's all you need to do. Just visit their website to sign up for the three-week starter kit. All right, three-week starter kit at relieffactor.com. Here, here's my thing with, with Justin Amash, is what I, what I sense is happening here with him is, is the same context of what we've seen happen with the Gospel Coalition and Beth Moore and several other people over the last few years. You know, we, we've gone full circle on this. We, we, this show was very concerned at the clown show act people were making themselves to be and were parading uh, Christianity and conservatism to the public, uh, you know, in order to justify their support of Donald Trump. I, I don't know of another show that survived that time period, except for, you know, others like Glenn Beck on this network and Ben Shapiro. There's a handful of shows that survived that period of time by being honest about their concerns and how we were literally just dumbing down everything we believe in order to justify Trump. We did those shows almost every night for what? Two years. Now, now I, I see we're going the other way. Again, I've pointed this out as well. We're coming full circle here. Just the way Justin Amash communicated this is not typical. Typical, he is much more self-aware right. yep. when, he, when he knows. 
he's going to take a, a a hyper point on religious freedom or pro-life issues where he's voted against us in the past. Those are a couple of the areas where he's, you know, the 10% where his score is bad at conservative review. When he's known he was going to do that, he has put out long and, and documented reasonings explaining his belief and why he's making this vote. Do you know who kind of just shoots from the hip on Twitter and makes really random emotional Donald assessment? Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it look like that's kind of what, Don, what, what Justin Amash did here? Again, this is, this is what happens. What we're witnessing right now, this debate that we're having, is what happens when there is no real tangible pursuit of clarity. In, right. in our politics. Right. What he did was not nothing. If he had pointed out, hey, there's this particular section or there's these sections that I really think warrant some more looks and I'm really concerned about, that would cause a lot of people who respect him like we do to say, okay, let's maybe take a step back here and evaluate this over again. What he did was cast no clarity at all. And so there's a lot of confusion. And just like the first caller said, uh, Derek... Um, it's just fodder. It's just far, uh, fodder for the uh, partisans on both sides. Yes. And he fancies himself, Justin does, as somebody who rises above that. We'll talk more about this and look at the social media reactions when we come back here. Hour two. Stay tuned. All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand, but really not that much in demand. Uh, here at uh, Blaze TV Radio and Podcast, it is the Steve Day Show. Aaron and Todd are here as well. If you missed Aaron's montage, one of the stories that he highlighted today is we had another one of those uh, <coughs> accidental accidental Facebook and Twitter bans. It's the great prophet Nipsey Russell once said, right... So when they when they accidentally banned uh, Candace Owens' Facebook account for saying uh, that uh, liberalism is a much bigger threat to Black America right these days than white supremacy, and then they came back and said, "Oops, our bad." Here, look, can I translate that for you? Like Kevin Elan's old uh, subliminal man, can I make that translation? Yeah. We assumed, especially with a name like Candace Owens, you were white, and therefore it, we could get away with banishing you for stepping on the neck of our shibboleth of the damned. But then someone pointed out to us that it's rather inconvenient for us that you also happen to be black. So we have to let you get away with this one. <laughs> that's kind of what it means. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that's not what it means. That's what it means. It's what it means. It's what it means. And, and see, if you're tired of dealing with businesses that, that you know, treat us this way, uh, maybe look at your own mobile phone company because it, it's hard to, it's almost impossible as an American in 2019 to live without a mobile home. That's where Patriot Mobile comes in. It's America's only conservative cell phone country, veteran led. Every bill fights for your freedom and you'll get the same reliable nationwide coverage you already have and know instead though, with Patriot Mobile, your hard earned money is going to causes and organizations that you support like PragerU or Alliance Defending Freedom and more. And with plans starting as low as $25 a month, why wait? Call 1-800-A-PATRIOT, 1-800-A-PATRIOT and use the code BLAZE when you make the switch and they will waive your activation fee. Or you can go to the website, patriotmobile.com slash blaze, patriotmobile.com slash blaze, and they'll waive your activation fee for you there as well. 
let's put a bow on the conversation about uh, Justin Amash. And, and here's here's what I I I just want to give some encouragement to both sides of of this debate on the on the what's left of America. Number one, I know it's hard. And maybe I'm overly sensitive to this because I'm a contrarian as well. And so I'm aware that there's been plenty of times, folks, uh, that if they love my current opinion, when the time comes, they don't love the next one. Might have me looking at them and saying, et tu, Brute. I've been through that a lot in my career. A lot. And you think when you get into this business that you are prepared for people to like you on the basis of whether they like your current approach to things or opinion. But what you really never, ever, uh, at least I, I'm speaking for myself, I haven't been at this for more than a decade. Maybe guys who have done this more are over it. I'm not. Where I, where I struggle in my line of work is when I, when I think we as conservatives, what, what it is we're trying to conserve has already been objectively defined and identified. That's why we're trying to conserve it. And if I have a different opinion of you on something that ought to be objectively defined, which means somebody already defined it for us, um, the amount of backstabbing, the amount of betrayal I have undergone in, in this line of work in the, in the effort to work with other people who claim to want to conserve the same things that you do, I don't know that I've, you know, you ever really get over it. And so I bring that to the, I bring that to the table because that's the baggage that I bring to the table here. You know, that could be my Cheeto Jesus saves, my orange man bad, is, you know, I've, I've got a, a lot of uh, scars in my back where knives have been plunged in throughout the course of my career. And um, I, I could be overly sensitive to criticism of Justin because even though I disagree with him in this matter, I'm, I'm kind of a contrarian myself. And so I, I, could, I could see my, my, my head, my, my, fit my head uh, on the chopping block next. Does that make any sense? Well, yeah. It does. And the Amash resi- resign thing is just dumb. We didn't call for Mike Lee to resign when he was pimping, um, you know, a jailbreak. That's, I don't think a, your liberty score determines whether or not you're worthy of, of, um, of criticism of any sort. We're right. just, the public, there are employees. We're doing an employee review. That's, sure. That's yeah. all this boils down to. But when you're a contrarian, Steve, you're a contrarian. That's my problem with this. If he had come out and said, here's the smoking gun and I'm running for president, and I would have said, talk to me. I, what is here to grab onto? There is go, no yes, solid I food here. I'm, uh, I'm going to address him in a minute. <laughs> you, you stepped on the lead, okay? But, but I'm going to echo several of your thoughts there in just a moment. Okay, and then I'll give you a chance to even say them again if you want. Uh, but first, I think we, as much, because the temptation for us, the more we see the left America devolve into a cult, the more and more we see it. Because I've, I've seen this in a lot of, with a lot of Republican caucuses, both in Washington and at state legislatures. 
when they when they when they end up seeing how cultic the other side is, they they have a tendency to symbiotically form their own countercult, and they stop asking themselves critical questions, that and they and they instead start self justifying everything. Well, we have to do these things because they're so bad, and you end up actually playing right into their hands by giving them most of what they want, without them having to actually defeat you for it. So I, I want to make sure our salt doesn't lose its flavor. Tolerating contrarians is important for any movement, any movement. We invite them on our show. You bet. Yeah. Now, I know, we, I know we are struggling today with the definition of toleration, right? But I did, did I say affirmation of contrarians is key for the integrity of any movement? Is that what I said? No, it's not what I said. I said toleration. Affirmation and toleration are not the same. I know our friends on the left America, they conflate those terms, all right? But, but we here as conservatives, one of the things we ought to be conserving, conserving, dictionaries, terminologies, definitions. Toleration and affirmation aren't the same. A lot of times your contrarians will be wrong. Often they'll be right though when you least want them to be and you'll pay a devastating price if you didn't listen to them. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is about uh, this minor prophet. And it's towards the end of King Ahab's reign of the, of the northern ten tribes. And he is, in the scriptures, in the, particularly in the Old Testament, Ahab is symbolic with wickedness amongst earthly rulers. He's the worst of the worst. And his wife, Jezebel, was probably even worse than him. And he has this, and, you know, he had this tendency to kill prophets when they didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. And so all the 12 tribes of Israel are facing a foreign invader. And so the southern kingdom, which remained loyal to the original, uh, the original uh, Davidic covenant, kept their worship in Jerusalem, stayed true to the law. They actually, the king of the south travels to go ahead and think we may have to go ahead and do business here with Ahab and the king in the north because we are facing a existential moment. And what what the pagan kingdoms would do, you see this in the movie 300, where Gerard Butler's character goes up to the mountain to consult the oracle. They would they would consult sages, oracles, mystics, occultists. In in the Judeo Christian world, what they did is they went to Holy Spirit anointed prophets. That would literally say, thus speaketh the Lord God of hosts. This is the will of the, Lord, of the only living God. And they get together and they're sitting there in the throne room of King Ahab. And the king in the south is like, yeah, I'm a little suspicious here. Because we still have prophets where I come from. And I'm, I'm, I'm used to them not telling me what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm used to having to confront inconvenient truths back where I come from. You know, I don't go to the temple and get uh, brownie buttons and uh, helmet stickers every Sabbath when I show up. You know, so um, he's like, "Hey, are there really are, are there no prophets of the Lord anywhere left in your kingdom that we could consult to get the real truth?" And Ahab looks at him and he says, "There's one left. He's in prison now." <laughs> But I need to warn you, he never tells me what I want to hear, <laughs> all right? So they go and get this prophet, and the, and the king's courtesan that goes to, goes to get the, retrieve this prophet from prison 
um, slaps him in the face and says, now will you tell King Ahab what he wants to hear? And he says, I can only say what the words that God puts into my mouth. So he brings him before the king's court, both the king in the north and king in the south are both there. And Ahab commands him, prophesy, will we be victorious in this great battle? And it's almost like you can sense, it doesn't say this in the scriptures, but when I read this story, I almost can sense he's sitting there, Aaron, just deadpan monotone. Yes, you're great. And if you'll stop whipping me, I guarantee you're going to win the war and it'll be the greatest war. You've never seen a victory in war like this before. You're going to be tired of all the victories, right? I, you can almost just sense that when you read this story. I think his name is Melchiah, I think is his name. I think that's his name. And Ahab stops him. He's like, hold on, dude. I know you well enough to know you never say anything good about me. By the way, there was really nothing good to say about him. That's probably why, you know? Um, one good way, if, you, if you're tired of being called a thug, don't be a thug. If you don't like being called a crook, don't be crooked, right? You know? Okay. So uh, Ahab says, tell me the truth or you're dead. So if you don't tell me the truth, you're dead. And if you do tell me the truth, you're probably dead too. Pretty good deal. And the prophet looks at him and says, okay. And he gives him this prophecy of the sheep who scatter and are destroyed when their shepherd is struck down. What he's saying, in those days, in ancient warfare, um, officers were often kept behind the front lines or generals or royalty that served in the military. Why? Because you ever played the game of chess? When is the game of chess over? When you checkmate the what? Queen. Queen. The, the, no, the king. The commanding, the, the, the commanding uh, representing the commanding office. I don't play chess. Oh, so. you never play chess. There you go. Wow. That's dude code violation. That might be a some, that, that, no. There's be. no way that will have to, is but, a that, That's code. a rabbit hole for later. But there may be <laughs> stiff penalties. You're on probation. Uh, but and so a lot of times, you know, if you took out the general, you took out the royalty, you took out the king, if he was there, you know, the, the armies didn't know what to do after that. You know, they didn't have. You know, they didn't download orders on their phones. Okay, so they go out to this. They go out to the battle, and what happens? Ahab gets struck down and killed. And it's a devastating loss out there on the battlefield, just like the prophet said. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you in as a hen gathers in her chicks, you who stone the prophets and kill those whom God has sent. Be careful with your contrarians. They're not always right, but you should always listen. And then when they're wrong, you should tell them they're wrong. Now, this is where the contrarian, we, point, we turn to the contrarian now. You can tell, this doesn't, this doesn't, if you followed Mr. Amash's career, this doesn't line up with how he has done business up until this point. It's weak, actually. It's even worded like if you would have if you would have given me the same tweets and said, hey, you won't believe, hey, Bill Crystal's back at it again over the weekend. Anna Navarro's back at it again over the weekend. You know, some former fake Republican who now uh, it, it, it's, it is a monkey in a box and they turn, you know, uh, the thing for him to pop out and say, Trump, orange man, bad, you know, on CNN four times a day. And that's how they get paid. If you could have if, if I told you Bill Crystal worded wrote that exact tweet, would you believe it? Just <laughs> without changing yes. a word, you would. It's emotional, it's vague, 
It doesn't offer really any principled. You, you think it's principled if you believe an orange man bad. You think it's principled. But, if, but if, if you are in any other camp that might even be open to a principled position on this, it doesn't move the needle for you at all. And I think our show pretty no. much is a pretty good representation of the kinds of people that ought to be attracted to a principled message. And to, to varying degrees, without even consulting with each other before we went on the air today, to varying degrees, we are dismissive of it. To the point that when I decided I wanted to talk about this, I had no idea my producer's montage was going to summarily dismiss it before we even got to the topic. We are all, to some varying degree, not impressed. I'm, I'm used to Justin Amash challenging me. I don't find this to be a challenge. I find it to be beneath him, frankly. I think it's weak sauce. Um, it's the exact kind of you know emotional behavior, re overreaction on social media that he has often, and many of Trump's detractors have been often correct in criticizing him for. He played right into the president's hands. Uh, he gave the president the high ground on this. He offered up absolutely nothing new. It, this isn't him being a contrarian. This is raw unbridled emotion. Mr. Amash has shown us throughout his career what principled contrarianism looks like. It doesn't look like this. So whatever his other motivations are, I don't know. I don't know him. I just know from following his career, when he has really wanted to make a principled point that he knew going in was not going to be popular with the people he needed to make it to, he's done a lot better than this. And that was on stuff that didn't rise to the level of of existential angst, like impeaching a president of the United right. States. Mr. Amash likes to fancy himself someone who's not driven by headwinds, driven by the prevailing winds, moved, tossed to and fro by the zeitgeist, but thoughtful, considerate, thorough. Does this strike you as any of those things? No. No. Instead, it, 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 so it, it strikes you as, and another thing, Orange. I read the Mueller report, I finally got through it two months later, and Orange Man bad. Okay, so I could, I expect better from him. Yeah, and I mean, I think we've been fair enough to him. He could, in two minutes, uh, do a follow-up tweet thread mm -hmm. documenting what specifically he's talking about. But because he hasn't done this, and in the, you read the entire thread, he goes in through um, talking about impeachment and the the necessary or you know when it's necessary and when it's not and yada da da da. Uh, he never once gives a concrete reason or a concrete citation from the Mueller report about one that's the the first claim about Bill Barr, which we all I think agree is just summarily dumb, and then two. Um, the, the impeachable conduct part. He never gives a concrete example from the Mueller report about either of those first two points that he brings up here. If he did that in two minutes, we would reconsider this. But I've been asking people all morning mm -hmm. who say they agree with these conclusions that Justin Amash draws. I've been asking them for citations from the Mueller report. I've been told that that is uh, th that that's beyond the pale and that that's uh, an unreasonable request. And I've been told that, uh, you know, that's not necessarily for somebody who's actually read the it basically told since you don't agree with me, I don't need to actually cite, you know, uh, give so you a orange citation. man bad. It's answer. just orange man bad, yeah. which is why this is t type of thing, especially with this type of. I, I don't mean to go on a rant here, but especially with this type of It is still subject, a day show. Yeah, yes, it is. Especially with this type of subject matter. The same thing with the, the voter suppression thing that Stacey yeah. Abrams- You can't just tritely up. throw don't, this stuff around. Don't throw this stuff around. Yeah. What are you doing yep. here? This is either we need to impeach uh, 
regularly. We need to impeach presidents regularly or very, very regular or very, very rarely, I, sh I should say. And so when you're doing this, this again, when, with, when you don't constantly with these types of issues, try to strive for some clarity, clarify your own position. We do, when you don't strive for that, all it does is you're just, uh, you're, you're just giving again fodder for partisans. And that does nobody any good. And it's just a waste of time and a waste of breath. All right. I want to find out, Todd, what kind of is the, uh, what, what we're seeing on our social media account with the hundreds of comments we've gotten about this and give you the last word on it. Before we do that, it would, it would be pretty awkward if you walked into somebody's home and they had like a, a stop sign sitting there at the, at the dinner table telling them when to stop eating or if you did when they walked into yours. Uh, but your body was given one. It, uh, originally when it was created called OEA. The problem is for some of us, that signal, when it goes from the gut to the brain to say we're full here, we can stop eating, it, it doesn't work the way it should. Particularly as we get older, it can become more and more faint. And this may be one of the prime reasons you're having metabolic issues as you try to lose weight and get healthier. That's where Riduzone comes in. It's only got three ingredients and the overwhelmingly main ingredient is that very same OEA. All it wants to do, it's not a stimulant, there is no caffeine. All Riduzone wants to do is put that OEA back into your body to get your metabolism to start regulating itself the way that it did when you were younger. If this is a product you want to give a shot, uh, here's all you need to do. Stop using willpower, which only goes so far, and give unleash the power that was originally put in your body with Riduzone. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. That's the website. Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Riduzone.com. Use my name, Steve, as a promo code. They'll give you a special offer there on the website at Riduzone.com. So, Todd, what have you seen for this debate's been going on for a few hours on my Facebook wall? And, and then your final thoughts before we turn the page. Well, I'd say about three quarters of the responses are a combination of C and D. I don't care or I, I need more. And mm -hmm. they're saying themselves that it's a I'm probably somewhere in between, which is very much echoing uh, many of the things they said. One here, Diane Thompson says, uh, and this, uh, I said online uh, that this entire government is an impeachable offense, uh, which is why the, the the sudden parsing of any one thing is just out of context and out of proportion to reality. Diane Thompson seems to agree. I vote to vacuum or sweep out Congress. There's a few that can stay. Crenshaw shows the most honesty so far, but government after a while seems to corrupt the best intentions eventually. This collusion, obstruction, impeachment has gone on too long and is costly to us innocent taxpayers who have to pay for the pettiness egos Congress has. And I think that's where people are even frustrated. They're willing, they don't, there's very few people on our site right now that are saying we hate Justin Amash. Uh, there's a couple. And we would not be a site that would, that would attract a ton of, the minute you criticize Trump and say he's bad, resign and banishment to hell. We're not going to attract a lot of but, those guys. But they're people. saying do you, if you had to sum it up in one soundbite, uh, Steve, I'd ask you to give me your Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. No, I'm tired. Or we're tired. No, that I'm tired. Okay. Yeah, they are. They're just like, they. Uh, we have been at this for so long. Please, anything but, because the entire Congress is broken. If you if you hang Donald Trump with this, it's not going to fix it. If if you hate the people you you hate, uh, uh, hang the people you hate. Nancy Pelosi, the people on here just don't believe any one person. It's a systemic problem, and people keep going after these fights. That's a sensibility here mm -hmm. online. People keep going after these specific fights because they either don't want to or don't feel capable of handling uh, the larger issue. Then when, in terms of those who are defending uh, Justin Amash, the one word that it, uh, some of our lucid defenses on here, but th they keep calling him brave. I, 
what is brave about this? This is, as you often say, this is a blog. You you did nothing other than just kind of throw some lazy chum out into the water. So was like, collusion what, not enough fun for you? It's one thirty almost Eastern time in Washington, D.C. Has, have you guys seen any follow-up from him all day long, substantively? Is he taken to the House floor? Point of knowledge. order. The president's have committed impeachable offenses. Something needs to be done. Uh, let's bring Bob. Heard anything else? No. I could be wrong, but I have Then it's it. not bravery. It's a blog. You're exactly right. So my summary was meshed in with my following opinion on this. Please, something more from anybody, Amash or otherwise, on this issue or others. We're asking for more. Everybody is begging for more. This is just the same thin gruel. I think Aaron's comparison to the voter suppression stuff is right on the money. If you're going to throw things out there that could cause existential rifts in a, yeah. in a system, in a government— it better, which, by the way, Christianity is the ultimate existential rift, all right? Jesus is Lord, and there is no other, starting with Caesar, okay? Christianity in and of itself is an existential rift, okay? I mean, the cross as a symbol is a divide, all right? The intersection of two beams, okay? So um, I'm totally fine with existential rifts. They just need to actually be existential rifts. If you have been, yeah. if Stacey Abrams can prove voter suppression, it's not like there's not plenty Jail. of- uh, exactly. prison. Put them all in prison. Yeah. I'm fine with it. And, and, and by the way, do you think we lack for, for friendly to Democratic causes federal judges out there? I think we lack those. I think there's a, I think people, anybody in America thinks, you know, there's just not enough federal judges that are friendly to the Democrats. Think there's a dearth of those in the making? No. So I got to believe that if Stacey Abrams was really a victim of voter suppression somewhere, she could have found some federal judge somewhere to put a stay on an election or something, right? Because they'll put a stay on just about anything they want nowadays. Likewise, if you believe this president has committed impeachable offenses, get off of Twitter! Take to the House floor, point of order, particularly with a friendly speaker who would love to, probably in a party that would love to run him out of town on a rail, and do your damn job. Do your job then. And because no one does, and this soup is so toxic, look at the position we're in within a period of six months. We are uh, uh, telling Justin Amash to slow his roll, and we are forced to come to the defense of a guy like Kavanaugh because the games people won't stop playing. Mm. I should have not brought this topic up. Yeah. Good grief. (laughs) (sighs) It's my fault. All right. It's my fault. Usually is. Can we talk about Todd not, never playing chess? Soon. I would prefer that. Soon. That's soccer and no chess. I don't. I don't even think I can reconcile that. I don't. I don't think I can. I'm even, familiar I don't, I, with the game. I'm not. Familiar, fami- not very familiar. But that's why I thought the game's over when you checkmated the queen. <laughs> well, the queen's the most powerful piece, right? Yes, that is true. That's what okay. I. Yeah. And that's what I had in my head that you checkmate the most. Power, but okay. I'm in the ballpark. <laughs> Just a bit outside. <laughs> yes. It's a big ballpark. I mean, like, a uh, massive ballpark. But you're in it somewhere, indeed. Hey, we know that uh, leftists in D.C. want to import socialism to America, but what many of us don't know is the current Health and Human Services Department and their secretary, Alex Azar, is helping their cause by trying to let foreign countries dictate the prices of our medicine. 
Doing this will lead to shortages of vital medicines, maybe set back medical research for decades, making it harder for researchers to find cures for horrible diseases like diabetes, Alzheimer's, maybe even a cancer. Uh, I, you know, I don't know about you. Nothing is America first. There's nothing America firsty about uh, foreign governments meddling with our health care. If you agree, then FreedomWorks needs your help. They're attempting to take a stand here and uh, make the Trump administration's uh, Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar know this is not the policies we were promised when the president was elected in 2016. It is time to fix patients and not prices. And make no mistake, tying the prices of our medicine to other countries does not put America first. If you agree, lend your voice to, the, to theirs. They need all the help they can get to get the administration to reverse the error of its ways here. Okay. Freedomworks.org is the website slash days. Freedomworks.org slash my last name, days. Freedomworks.org slash days. All right. We're going to switch gears when we come back here in a couple of minutes. We're going to finish the study of my most recent book, Truth Bombs. And uh, we're going to jump to the conclusion there's one chapter we're going to skip, but it's a chapter where I survey a lot of people's opinions uh, from, from Glenn Beck's to Ben Shapiro's, uh, Eric Erickson, Daniel Horowitz, uh, Caleb Howe, um, a lot of people you follow in conservative media, conservative social media. We kind of do a survey of them, and I kind of think it's cheesy to sit around and ask them their opinion, then break it down, and especially when they're giving opinions that, you know, when we wrote this book, it was about a year ago. So we're going to jump to the conclusion of the book. We are going to continue a series of a book study, though. We've gotten good reaction when we've done these with the audience. We've done this from uh, Cleon Skousen's momentous work, The 5,000-Year Leap. In fact, I've done that. I've taken audiences to that book a couple of times, actually. Um, we've done it with my last few books. People enjoy these conversations. And we're going to do it with a book, though, that I didn't write. We're going to do it with one of the best-selling conservative books of all time. Mind blown when we first discussed this. Yes, I'm not, we're not going to reveal blown. the title today. Yes. All right? um, it won't be next Monday because we'll be off for Memorial Day. We're going to take our uh, Memorial Day vacation here soon. But, the, but a week from, or two weeks from today, two weeks from today, we are going to debut our next book study. And we're going to look back at one of the trailblazing books in the history of the conservative movement and see how it stacks up to the time and age in which we live today. And you can tell by the, Aaron's got, I don't know why he's got this crap eaten grin on his face. All right. But when we come back, we'll wrap up conversation of my, by comparison, far more modest tome when we return. Stay tuned. Recent episode of 60 Minutes featured the FBI's former head of cyber crimes warning homeowners that foreign and domestic thieves can steal your home and they can do it all online before you even know. That's because home titles and mortgages are kept in databases and those can be hacked. If you've got equity in your home, here's how they can get to you. They simply forge their name onto your home's title. Use your home as collateral to borrow cash against your equity and then they stick you with the payments and no bank or identity theft program 
uh, can protect you. But for just pennies a day, Home Title Lock will, America's leading title and mortgage guardian, uh, they put a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage, protecting the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have, their own home. If cyber thieves tamper with it, uh, they mobilize to shut them down. You don't know, though. You may already be a victim. Here's how you can find out. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, register for your free title scan and report there. That's normally about $100, but today it's free if you register today at HomeTitleLock.com. Don't let cyber thieves steal your home. HomeTitleLock.com. All right, let's get to it. Let's finish it up. Uh, the study of my most recent book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. And today we are looking at the conclusion. And I broke the conclusion down into three sections, revival, rules for patriots, and revolution. And gentlemen, I will hand the floor over to you since we're short for time this week. Well, I'm going to go straight to revival because... Uh, this paragraph is a seamless transition from everything we just talked about in my last comparison with how we are dealing with Amash versus how we were forced to deal with uh, the Kavanaugh hearing. This is why litigious societies always devolve into lawless ones, because the same corruption within a culture that dooms it to being weighed down by burdensome laws and regulations cannot be fixed by them. It doesn't correct the corruption, but amplifies it like a feedback loop wrong begets more wrong because wickedness cannot curse wickedness beelzebub cannot cast out beelzebub disease doesn't cure disease what do you get when you multiply zero times zero for an hour and a half we said a lot of things couldn't said it better than you just said right there tie it into the conversation we just had why do you, why do you see the tie in there because we're wondering what what did amash some somebody who has been clear-headed in a systematic way in the past. That's not here anymore. We, you, you compared him. This sounds like Donald Trump tweeting in the middle of the mm -hmm. night. Yeah. So it's the feedback loop. You, he, it's like he just read it. Oh, I, I can't even and jumped on yes. Twitter. Who does that? Right. And so the and this is another form of uh, the impeach. When I say impeachment is the laziest form of politicking, well, it, impeachment is a is a is a type of uh, litigation. You described it how it works within. Uh, you know, you have a mm -hmm. um, within a grand the house, jury. A grand that's jury. The house. That's where an yeah. indictment is. Yeah. So that's what it's doing. But because we we become so fast and loose, we, we are all. Uh, the, the, we are the, we're all the lawyers that people uh, love to hate. We're the lawyer in um uh, the um. The, the movie about the guy who made meth, the sh television show of the guy who made meth and Better Call Saul, where that guy, I mean, our entire legal foundation looks like that guy instead of what it is intended to be. You can't but have a feedback loop. And when you have that feedback loop, all he is is throwing another big piece of wood onto an already ranging bonfire. You can't heal this. Even if you take down Donald Trump, you can't heal this. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll grant Congressman Amash the same consideration I've granted... Two other people, groups of people in this episode. So we've already said, I, I will go all in. I, I think there's clearly, at the very least, prima facie evidence that the president was illegally spied upon. I don't even know how you can even debate that point now. Yes, okay? agreed. But I will go all in on, let's devote our show into untangling all the webs and everything else when the guy who was the one who was spied upon um, when the guy who has all the power to detangle those webs detangles them. Fair? Yes. I think it's perfectly fair. Similarly, if, if you know, I will go in on uh, Bill Barr 
took his longtime friend and colleague, Robert Mueller's final work, the final chapter of his professional career, and bastardized it and sullied it in public when Bob Mueller says that he has. Fair? Yeah. Okay. I'll, so. I'll go in on that. Thirdly, when Congressman Amash does something other than send a couple of damn tweets to indicate that he's serious that impeachable offenses were taken here and actually does what someone who is empowered to do so as a member of Congress, um, when he does something beyond those tweets to show that this is a moment of urgency worthy of crossing the ideological picket uh, line for, I'll take him seriously. Because that and, might... Until then, this is a blog. Because that might be, if not a pure religious Christian revival, uh, where's the civic revival? Where, where, what are you doing not to sure give hope? Not sure you can have one without the other, actually. I, no, yeah. I agree, but even, yeah. I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt on this. What civic revival are you encouraging by what you just did and the way you did it? We've also talked about on Twitter who we're, we're arguing about this a lot who knows about ju who a justin amash is and what yep. he just said so what was accomplished here other than just encouraging the stupid raging fire that we always is have he, is he meeting with steny hoyer and nancy pelosi right. today democratic leadership and saying you know what this is terrible something must be done here uh the president has committed impeach how 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 are you a principled constitutionalist for saying i believe as a member of duly elected member of congress that the president has committed impeachable offenses and then, as a member of Congress, where these charges would first be heard and adjudicated, you do nothing of substance after that yeah. to deal with it. Does that sound principled to you? No, or no. nor brave. No, nor brave. I agree. So when I see him act on something other than just send a tweet, okay? okay? When we see, is he meeting with Steny Hoyer or Nancy Pelosi today? Is he, is he willing to say, hey, put me out there, I'm, 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 I will I'll be the Howard Baker? Because that's how Nixon went down. Okay? The, the Al Hags and the Howard Bakers of the time you know, essentially came to the conclusion that he couldn't defend himself. And Howard Baker made the trip down from Capitol Hill to 16 or Pennsylvania Avenue, famous Tennessee, longtime Tennessee Republican power broker in the Senate and said, this, you don't, this can't go on. This is, we've reached the point of no return. It's time for you to go. So when I see his willingness to do, he hasn't taken on any heat. All just, this is, Justin Amash has done the version of ripping Trump for tariffs. This is the same thing he's done in everything else. It's just, it's just, we're just using the impeachment word. So this isn't, there's, there's no pressure here. If you really believe impeachable offenses, we had a, an impeachable president sitting there in office and you have the power and ability to do something about it, then I'd like to see it. Show me. I might, I might take it seriously. So for then. the purpose of getting more generally to the purposes of this final chat, and we can leave him aside. What are the basic fundamental ingredients of revival? Religious, civic, combined what did he miss what's what's clearly did he miss if he if he's really caring about revival and we just say he poorly executed it let's give him the benefit of that doubt help him what does a revival really look like i think the problem that amash has on a on a large scale that libertarianism has in and of itself is ultimately it is pelagian in nature and it believes ultimately that human nature is, is basically good. They won't, they may even bristle at that. Christian libertarians will bristle at that. But ultimately, you can't come to the conclusion of that. I think they'll say it's good enough. Good enough. Yeah. But, yeah. but ultimately, unless you are a, a Pelagian in nature, you simply can't put your faith ultimately in liber libertarianism is what is what a people who is worthy, who is moral and religious enough to be worthy of a constitution like ours. 
looks at libertarianism as a way to sustain that way of life. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. But, but, it, but it cannot resurrect a way of life, right? When a people have proven themselves to be morally and resolute enough to say no to evil, that is a people then that is worthy of a mantle of libertarianism because they are, they are, they are really capable of the highest level of self-government east of Eden. Do we, do we strike you as those sorts of people at this point in time? Like I said before, just a bit outside, Steve. Yeah. And so, you know, libertarianism gets preached today as what's called soterology in theological circles. That's a fancy stained glass window term for uh, the science and study of salvation. And so libertarianism gets preached soterology nowadays. This is a way to save us from ourselves. We can't save our, us from ourselves in any context whatsoever. And so no civic revival is possible without a spiritual one, just like there would have been no liberty in America without an awakening, you know, for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, all right? You, you, you weren't going to have a spirit of liberty. You know, we do those ads for back to Jerusalem. What do I say every time the ad comes on? The reason those closed countries uh, don't want their people to read the Bible is they don't want them to be inspired. They don't want them to be hope-filled. They don't want them to reject their sinfulness and ask for redemption from it. Because there's the, the people that have been redeemed of their own sinfulness and given a new life are far less willing and tolerant of you imposing your sinfulness upon them. On the other hand, people who haven't experienced that want to use government to redeem them of their sinfulness, and usually in the form of a subsidy. So libertarianism simply isn't possible for a post-fall people who aren't operating collectively in a spirit of redemption. It's just not possible. It is asking too much out of human nature. And that's why it's theological revival or bust. Because you won't get to any of the other, any, all these other things aren't remedies. They're realities. Libertarianism is not a remedy. It is a reality that we can live in once we have collectively as a culture assumed the remedy. Are we more secular today than we were in 18, yes. uh, 18, a hundred years yes. ago? Then do you think it's any coincidence the government is bigger than it was a hundred years no. ago? Of course it's not. Okay. This is GK Chesterton. There's a direct correlation. Yeah, yeah, with that. yeah absolutely. There is. This is where causation is correlate, and it does equal correlation. When the government removes the God, the government will become the God. The more godless we become, the bigger government will come. It will become godless people. Well, Steve, what about the French Revolution? I believe they're on their seventh constitution in the time we have had one. So what sustained us and didn't sustain the French Revolution is the notion that our rights come from God. No God-given rights. Guess what you have? More tyranny. Government grows. And I'm, I don't believe libertarianism can, um, can, can bridge that divide. Libertarianism is the reality you live in when the divide's already been bridged. It's where you say, I now am directly accountable to God. I don't need a government bureaucrat telling me how to live. You come to that conclusion when you first acknowledge, what was the first part of my statement? Direct accountability to God or free of government bureaucracy? What, what came first? What came first and what I just said? What came first? Direct accountability, yeah, right? Yeah, direct accountability did. So, I mean, if, unless I have the first thing going in my life and, and collectively as a culture, the second one's unattainable. 
that answer your question? Yes. Aaron. So I have kind of a multifaceted uh, 500-part question here. (laughs) Uh, No. I I, I think, one, I want to say this, and I've said this and I've reminded this, and I want to get your take on this. Do you think it is fairly common? And I I don't think we need a long answer, but do you think it's fairly common? Because there's a lot of good-natured people who say what we've been saying, um, pray for revival, we need revival. Do you think there's a motivation? And I only say this because there's a motivation in my heart, too, uh, used to be that that we need revival for the sake of making America great again. Do you think there's um, a fairly wide motivation amongst people who mean well that uh, we need revival as a means to an end instead of a means to saving souls? I, I think conflation is a problem. Yes, to some extent. Okay. Yeah. How I mean, men- for, for example, ask him, what if, what if God decides America is an impediment to Western revival? Yeah. That America has become too fat, too complacent, yeah. too decadent, yeah. and, and it, it, that, that revival of, of, of the West, because everywhere else in the world, Christianity is flourishing. So revival in the West, America is the great impediment to that. It's largest welfare state. What would we say to that? I'm not saying that God has said that. I'm no, just, but I'm but, asking the inverse of yes. that to point to make your point for you. Yes. Yeah. So that's. I think that serves to really check our motivations when we're praying for revival. Uh, two part. We only have a few minutes left, but two parts. How does revival really begin before you even start praying for it? How does revival really begin? And then two. Um, we've talked about an awakening potentially in the pro-life movement. This may be a question that has no answer. But do you think the fact that we are um, we are moving towards abolishing Roe v. Wade, there are, uh, what is it, a million less abortions now than it was when I was born in 1993 or something like that? It was it's, it's, ungodly. Like or, a half a million less a half a million per year. Less per, per year yeah. um, than when I was born. And it seems to be rhetorically the pro-lifers are winning this argument. The fact that we still allow abortion is that does that in that is that indicative of the fact that maybe we are still under judgment, or the fact that there is less abortion now and that we seem to be heading in the right direction is that maybe a sign that we are undergoing revival? I can answer the second one first because it's a quick answer. I don't know yet, and I don't know how anybody could know the answer to that yet. And I think you have to, I think you have to wait and see if 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 you've come to a turning of the tide then we're going to continue to reach a higher and higher crescendo on this issue over the next few years, right? Until we come to a culmination. If that doesn't occur, then that, then we have a different answer. If it does occur, then we have a different answer. I think the jury is still out on your second question. Okay. As to the first question, I believe real revival comes from above. So how do we know what real revival is? When real revival has arrived, okay? When real revival has arrived, you know a tree, Jesus said you know a tree by what? It's fruit, right? So to me, when you look at historically what real revivals have shown is a formula. Repentance plus reformation equals a real revival. And reformation isn't a small r reformation, not as in that one particular historic moment or event, but but small r reformation, meaning repentance. Yes. A turning away from our sins. You know, the preamble of Martin Luther's 95 theses essentially can be summed up in the in, in the phrase all of the Christian life is a life of repentance. Okay, Catholics celebrate mass so that the the cost of what was paid at the cross is constantly is you are constantly reminded of it. Is that an yeah. accurate assessment? Yes. All right. So repentance plus reformation. Reformation meaning we are worshiping God in the way He wants to be worshipped. We are we are we are faithfully obedient in the way He calls us to be faithfully obedient. We are giving Him we aren't giving Him Cain like offerings. We're giving Him 
faith with works, not works with faith. All right? We are not trying to reverse engineer God. We're willing to say, come what may, we'll preach the word in season and out of season. Come what may, choose ye this day, we will stand. Okay? That kind of reformation. Where we, where we amend our worship and our obedience in line with what God has so, made clear yeah. are, his, are his demands. So That's revi- what reformation is. Revivals, uh, revival starts with acting, rightly acting upon a pricked conscience. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, prick, that, that prickling comes from above. Yes. Okay. You just took it back further than I usually Yeah, do. Yeah. And so when I talk about we need revival or bust, I don't believe this is something we can initiate. I believe that it's possible for us relationally to move the heart of God to show that there might be enough people uh, left to do it, to do it, to send it from above. Okay. But, you know, it's a consuming fire and he sends the blaze. I didn't mean to use a double entendre there, but he sends the blaze, not us. We don't, we don't say, we don't send. Hey, we don't gather at Babel. Hey, we're ready now. Go ahead and sit it down. All right, it doesn't work that way. We've got your gold coins here. Oh, <laughs> oh mercy. nice. I'm hey, Catholic, and I understood that reference. So, some of what's going on is because we have lost our history, and that's why Glenn Beck and a lot of the VIPs here at the Blaze are are doing a trip next spring. Uh, it's a cruise through history: Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, Israel, Athens, Greece. You're you're going to walk in the footsteps that gave birth. Uh, to Christianity, uh, to the inspirations of Western civilization, uh, to reason. Um, This is a a once-in-a-lifetime trip. You can bring your kids, grandkids with you as well. Uh, And you're going to enjoy some gourmet food, great nightlife, some relaxing uh, time by the poolside as well. So it's going to be a learning experience and powerful, but it's a vacation too. All right, if you want to learn more about this, uh, go to comesailaway.com. You'll get all the details and different packages there. Again, this is coming up a year from now, next spring. So plenty of time to plan for this, okay? Comesailaway.com. No time machine required, just your passport, all right? Comesailaway.com. Final thoughts, gentlemen, quickly. I hope we're done talking about Amash and that this was a blip. Seconded. It was well worth it today, but I hope it was a blip. We're, I've got bad, I second that, but I've got bad news for you, Todd. Uh, Justin Amash is uh, at least the version that we saw for a little bit during a tweet thread yesterday or this weekend. Um, That Justin Amash is legion, so. Yeah, indeed. We're probably going to be talking about him, just not Justin Amash, Justin Amash. Everybody have a great day. Stick around for overtime. We're getting to Trump and his comments on Alabama and other abortion bans. Uh, that's coming your way here on Blaze TV for subscribers alone. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.